Welcome to Forever in Bloom, a cinematic exploration, investigation, and celebration of Jeff Goldblum. Uh, this is episode 17. We are looking at The Tall Guy from 1989. What a name. Yeah. Can I just point out? what? Why is it called that? I know he is tall, uh, but why I think is that's it the name that? of the comedy act that he's in with Rowan Atkinson. Oh. Maybe. That's- I'm pretty sure, but it's written by Richard Curtis, who went on to do Love Actually and a bunch of other rom-coms that people love. Um, And you know that he did use... So, okay, let's set the film up before I say this thing. (laughs) Um, But the film is about, essentially, the very beginning, Jeff Goldblum is the the comic sidekick. No, he's not. He's the straight man sidekick uh, on stage to Rowan Atkinson. He's, it's not actually Rowan Atkinson. His name is like Ron something. Ron, uh, Anderson. Ron Anderson. And the reason it's so close is because it's based on him in real life. Because Richard Curtis Ab- abso- was in a double act with him. Absolutely. And he's um, done a lot of writing for Rowan Atkinson. Oh, he's written he? Blackadder. Oh. Some episodes of Blackadder. They obviously had this like working relationship and they thought it'd be funny to have like a name that was quite close to Rowan Atkinson without mm. actually being mm. Rowan Atkinson. Hilarious. Um, did you know that Rowan Atkinson wanted to play Jeff Goldblum's role in this film? <laughs> really? Yeah, he's he cited an interview I read saying, "Oh yeah, I I auditioned for the lead role, but I got put into this other role instead." I mean, that's ridiculous because he's so. I just thought, yeah, like he's absolutely. so suited to the role he plays. Yeah, I thought they would always have, maybe he was like the first like component of this film. I thought. maybe, but yeah, no, you know, maybe maybe who knows? Maybe in the interview he was joking because he knows the film's yeah. about him. See, I think that must why, have been a joke. It must that's have why joke. you can't trust a funny man. Because <laughs> they lie to you. They're all jokes and ha-has. You can never yeah. get to the truth. What is comedy if not lies? It wasn't that <laughs> funny, though, in general. No. It I reminded mean, me a lot of a lot of very stilted, like, slapstick British kitchen sink like i couldn't tell whether the the comedy in this on like the stage show like the rowan atkinson comedy show i couldn't tell whether that was actually meant to be funny or not because of the weird era these movies are from and i've seen stuff that looks exactly like that that is meant to be an an Mm. actual genuine joke Mm. i think he talks about charlie chaplin and then like these influences of like physical he's, he's always trying to be like the biggest um the biggest force on stage, you know, get the most laughs. And yeah. Like, he the, wants it to be a one-man show, but um, and that's why he always gets pissed off at whoever his sidekick is. I guess this was the back end of the era where just men dressed in women's clothing and dancing was still hilarious to people. Like, that was the peak of comedy at the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, when is this film actually set? I think it's set I, when it is, like 89. Yeah, like late, mid to late 80s. Yeah. Okay, it's got it's, a real kind of 60s feel about it for some reason. I think it's the colouring more than anything, to yeah. be honest. I do know what you mean, but I also think that, like... So this is this is the first British film we've watched as well in this series, yeah. as far as I'm aware. Super um, low budget, I, to be fair. Yeah, and I, and I do think, like, especially back then, but even nowadays... Um, there is a bit of a difference sort of aesthetically with, with British and American cinema. Yeah. Um, and this definitely felt more like a um, a long sitcom episode in some way. It did. It really did. I'm surprised they didn't make more jokes about the fact that he is an American in the UK. I was he expecting more. Yeah. Well, uh, apparently there are two versions of this movie. There's like the one that will play on UK TV and then there's an American DVD release, which 
they actually overdubbed a lot of like British slang and stuff like that. Um, just so people would kind of understand what it was and it would play in America. But there's a lot of like weird lines. I think one of Rowan Atkinson's first lines when you first get introduced to Jeff after he sneezes is he says, you're performing like five kinds of shit tonight. I also have that one written down. Actually. What are the different yeah. types of shit? I was really hoping you wouldn't ask this question. <laughs> I feel like we could list them. We listed a hundred cheeses. I reckon we could list five shits. Um, there might what, be some crossovers. What would you classify as a, as a type? Dog. No. That's a species of poop. Yeah, dog. Dog's one. I don't um, think that's I, how that works. Okay, well, lasagna. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think lasagna is a type. Uh, well, then curry, then curry. Well, this is just food. So I thought we were talking like, <laughs> like pebbles, logs, hot snakes. Oh, oh god! I love that's, that we've got a... we've got like three subcategories <laughs> there without even being able to name five. We've gone into subcategories. I love <laughs> like. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I just didn't, I didn't want to get into the physical visage of feces at all. Is the thing, and that's exactly where you went. That's why I answered with either dog or lasagna, <laughs> which is my new game show, dog or lasagna. You have to guess which one it is based on feel and taste. Oh God, um, I'm going to move swiftly on from that. Uh, yeah, nice. Uh, when you see Jeff's character Dexter King, who is Good a struggling name. actor, uh, coming home for the first time, he walks past this blind dude called oh Mr. Morrow who is blind and allergic to his guide dog so he's constantly sneezing and the fucking sneeze on him man. His sneezes sound like he's screaming Good evening Dagster One life, blind and allergic to his guide dog like later on in the movie, they introduce him off screen by just you hearing a chaotic scream sneeze. It's very good. And you're like, oh, hey, Mr. Morrow. And then he walks into the screen. I, I understand the hay fever thing in this film. Yeah, you, you suffer quite badly. I've seen you. I suffer really badly from hay fever. And um, I, there definite, there's a point not long, after, not long after the beginning of the film where Jeff is just in his ridiculously huge bedroom in his flat. Yeah. Um, just like trying to put a record on but he's actually just sneezing so aggressively he's being thrown around the room <laughs> well Sam, um, i need to ask you the question then have you ever sneezed on a stranger's penis <laughs> or a vagina uh, he sneezes yeah, on a vagina multiple times from like point blank Emma range Thompson's vagina, <laughs> um, to be precise. i think i think it's entrapment <laughs> if i answer that actually <laughs> um it's entrapment I if thought, you don't tell us uh if someone uh, asks you if I'm... you sneezed on a vagina, you legally have to tell them or it's entrapment. I think I think I'm getting a call. I have to I have to leave. <laughs> um, anyway, moving swiftly onwards. Um, uh, but yes, he does he does sneeze so hard he breaks his record player. That's sad. And where was the big uh, punchline where he sneezes and it ruins everything? Because it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I was so waiting for it to happen on stage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But and then it just didn't. No. What was the point even that whole sneezing? Because then bit? that's how he had to meet Emma Thompson's character. Because he had a sne he had sneezing issues and it kept fucking up his chances on the show because he was coming across funnier than Rowan Atkinson. So we told him to stop sneezing. So he went mm. to go get like twelve shots in his arm that would stop him sneezing. 
um, and in that time got weirdly obsessed with Kate Emma Thompson's Oh yeah, so character. he he meets uh, Emma Thompson, who's a nurse. Um, this is her first film. Her f- first ever film. Her debut film. Um, yeah. She's amazing, isn't she? Yeah, she just yeah. she, that like that confidence that she has in this film. She carries it with her in every single role that I've seen her yeah, after yeah. this. She's like 30, it's so I think, unique. In this, Thirty years old. Oh, that's amazing. No, she's great. Um, and like, so he gets this obsession with her and lies and says that he's going to Morocco. So he has a reason to go back and have all these jabs. Yeah. Um, just so he can basically see her and get the courage to ask her out. Um, but she's she's very much the kind of person who doesn't take any shit. Yeah. Um, and then they meet again in a restaurant, don't they? Yeah, they do. When, when he's on a date with a woman wearing no underwear. Yeah, so so it's it's given to us as like some world building that Jeff is irresist like women are irresistibly attracted to Jeff Goldblum in, as Dexter King, which he's a tall, dark, and handsome American, isn't he? So I can understand yes, it. But in the flashbacks when he's meeting those women, he has some really bad facial hair. Yeah, well, I was about to say we rarely see a mustachioed Jeff. You know, oh, the mustache I'm fine with. It was the goatee that I wasn't. The goatee wasn't great. The little beard. <laughs> the, the goatee made him look. Bad, bad, but, and unpleasant. But it was a pleasant surprise to see the old Jeff stash. Yeah, I'm sure it will come back in in other in other such uh, adventures. But um, d- but we should probably say so. He he is an actor, and he's he's trying to fall in love with a woman, and he falls in love with a nurse, and then he gets fired, and then he tries to make it big in a different show, and that's the whole film essentially. Yeah, it's stretched out over an hour, and a, hour and like forty minutes or something. But he goes into the Elephant Man. He he cheats on Emma Thompson with a co-star, and then inexplicably wins her back at the end, and they go off into the sunset essentially. Yeah, and he uh, ends do up wanna... doing half her job for her for some reason. There, there's a dying man. The last scene in a hospital, in the middle of a hospital. And Emma Thompson's a nurse. Jeff Goldblum's an actor, and oh, they're the yeah. only two people that rush to his aid and manage to keep keep this man alive. <laughs> yeah, he's on doing like and chest compressions and shit. The first yeah. thing this man says when he comes back into consciousness is, uh, "Well, are you going to go on a date with her?" <laughs> yeah, like what did she say? <laughs> you going to answer? What did she him? say? For fuck's sake. sake! Classic um, rom com. Yeah, Just man. But this is like can... the in, the entire world is built around. A will they won't they relationship yeah like that's, you can see that's like the, the stepping blueprint. stones between this and love actually and stuff quite absolutely easily, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but there's something so like hopelessly like wonderful about love actually like you because um, they're playing on the whole like season of love yeah thing yeah. um but i felt with this film obviously it's but it's a lot earlier in his career and it's a bit more of an experimentation but i he's written a lot really of just care. the same movie isn't he yeah Old, old I watched rich. a um, I watched a rom com last night actually. Yeah. Um, on the extended family Zoom film night. What was it? Um, we watched Clueless. Oh yeah. Oh. From 1994. I wouldn't even say that's a rom com. No, I mean it's it's classed as one. I think. It's a coming of age, chick flick. Yeah, it's a coming of age chick flick where someone falls in love with their not really stepbrother but kind of half brother thing. <laughs> but it's not really about it's not really about that. I I could talk about Clueless all okay. night and I'm not yeah, going I, to. I had I had like a good time with it actually. That's, yeah, that's it's a one separate, of the best films ever. Just one one quote from early on. Actually, one whole character I want to bring up in this is um, I've forgotten her name actually, but Jeff Goldblum's like flatmate. Uh, she's landlady. 
Is that her? Is she? Oh, that she ma- is yeah. uh, like listed as like a nymphomaniac landlady on the fucking description of the movie. I'm glad that none of the landladies and landlords I've had have fit that description, um, personally. <laughs> but also, um, she, every different scene, she has a different man with her. Yeah, normally naked. Um, normally naked. Um, and she says she says something early on in the film that, that actually made me laugh to the point where I had to pause the film for a moment because I wasn't <laughs> expecting it, um, which is that Jeff goes in to ask her for, for dating advice. Um, and she says that all men are either wet and keen or bastards. <laughs> There's there's no middle ground. There's nothing else. And there's something about wet and keen that yeah, they are troubling adjectives to put next to yeah, each other. Yeah, they they really are. Um, there is a moment I'd like to bring up and just ask if any of you can bring me some fucking context to it. And it's after yeah, Jeff finally asks uh, Emma Thompson out, mm-hmm. and he does this like Willy Wonka. Charlie's got the golden ticket. Run from the hotel to his house. <laughs> But then in between seeing him run through a park and being in his house, we get like this person in like a tiger or bear costume in like a silhouette in front of the moon, just doing cartwheels. That that's supposed to be him. But he's in like a but he's in like a tiger costume. I think it's just bad CGI if I'm honest. Yeah. But he's got like big paws. I think that's just his big hands. It's his big, powerful acting hands. <laughs> he doesn't hands. have big paws for her. He has I big, powerful uh, acting hands. some kind of foreshadowing to the fact he will become Elephant Man. Ah. Maybe. That's wild. Completely nonsensical. Yeah, but makes... I think that is supposed to be him. That Yeah, because I, I put it back a couple of times to be like, that doesn't look, what the fuck is that? And the closest I can get is like a bear or a tiger like mascot costume. It's. I think it's just him and his weird puffy jacket. To be yeah, honest. Man. I mean, yeah, dude. Go look. No, I, I, I remember watching it, and I think that's what happens. I do think that editing is probably one of the weakest parts of the film. I feel like the editing can't keep up with the sense of humor. Like it's, it kind of lags behind, and there's a lot of. Um, jokes and gags that rely on it cutting at the right moments like all the flashbacks mm. to his the yeah. interactions between him and his past lovers and it's just slightly it's too slow like for that kind of humor to work and that kind of jump cut nature it needs to actually be a jump cut but it doesn't quite get there it needs to be super fast, fast for that sort of thing kind of like edgar wright style editing you know it just needs yeah, to be completely. choppy as fuck but a lot of yeah. these films are quite slow to be honest in their pace anyway i think films in general around this sort of period of were much slower paced. So uh, he also wrote Mr. Bean. Did he? And ah. he, he, he repeats. Um, no, yeah, he does write Mr. Bean, but I've also just realised, I, I don't know actually if he wrote Johnny English or not, but there's exactly the same joke. There's exactly the same joke in Johnny English as there is in this film, like verbatim. What is and it? It's, I hope all of your children have small penises. Including the girls. And he says that in... Japanese in Johnny English. Really? Ron ah, Atkinson does. Okay. I will say, you know when the... something just sticks in your head. Yeah. yeah, that line stuck into my head, but I didn't. I didn't recognise that that was in Johnny English. It is. Uh, let's. What year was Johnny English? I don't know. I think I watched it about a decade ago. I can't believe yeah. I remembered it. Uh, no, he did all the Mr Bean movies, but he didn't do Johnny English. Oh, that's so weird because that's the same. Yeah. That's so bizarre. Maybe it was a callback to this, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but he, fuck, he wrote The Vicar of Dibley as well. 
Um, speaking of people who do love films, um, I do just want to bring back the section I had last week, which is uh, comments on YouTube about this film. Okay. Um, and I'm, ju- I'm just going to give you one this time. And it's written with no punctuation. So I'm going to read it in such a way. Amazing movie, man. I was born in the wrong time. I take death sooner just to have been alive to experience the 60s, 70s, 80s. No, I get 90s, thousands, 20s. <laughs> really good. Really good. Uh, wow. Really good uh, message there that if you die today, you can go back in time to the 60s, 70s and 80s. <laughs> I feel like that person knows something we don't know. Yeah. Um, so let's also bring up the thing that in the, this film twice features the madness song, It Must Be Love. Yeah, and you actually um, get old, was it Stugs was his name from Madness? Suggs. 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 For like four seconds. Yeah, there's a lot of weird fucking cameos in this, to be fair. Um, yeah. You get, inexplicably, Jeff just has Superman pajamas. He does like them. He, I actually also like them. I kind of get vibes of like, you know when Tim Burton was going to make uh, a Superman movie and he was going to cast Nick Cage and they did some screen tests with Nicolas Cage in the in the Superman suit. Yeah, it it's definitely got that kind of ridiculous. feeling. I just got big vibes <laughs> of that. I really I dig think... his looks in this film. Yeah, I think, he I looks think fresh. he's fresh. I think only... on, in terms of looks, this is my favorite version of Jeff. This really? Is a scene where he has... I, I rate the parting. I like the length of the hair. The hair is and cool. I like the, uh, the black turtleneck with the leather jacket and the boots. I mean, that's just because I how I dress. So, (laughs) how did you feel about the uh, the entirely the entirely beige like jacket and trouser combo? Because I actually thought he looked fantastic. Yeah, dig it, dig it. Yeah, I'm very into it. Beige suit any day of the week. Yeah, yeah, good fashion. There was only there's there was a jacket in this film that looked dumb actually, but the rest of it was good. Um, There is a uh, fucking wild um, sex scene between Emma Thompson and Jeff where they just like smash everything in her apartment. They actually destroy the entire yeah. It's it's I've rated it because it's it was done it had like an awkwardness and like a spontaneousness to it. It was yeah. very awkward, but it was kind of it was real. Like they were smashing things up in a in a movie sense, but it felt um it did feel it did feel like sporadic and like it was happening there and then and they were having mm, fun. Probably like until so often... uh, she like picked up a ceramic kettle and just smashed it on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, people are into some interesting things nowadays. <laughs> I I thought it worked really well. Um, no, that was good. That was good. Um, she just before that she does a uh, when when uh, getting to the, her flat. Um, she says, don't be deceived by the grim exterior. It's much grimmer inside. And when he gets inside, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so like orange so, and green. Yeah, because those are her favourite colours. I feel like he is just... I feel like Jeff Goldblum is pump, punching above his weight in this film, though. Because Emma, how cool is Emma Thompson? How yeah. sick is she? She is amazing. And this. he's just Absolutely. useless. And he... he's just a bit of an idiot. And he cheats on her. Yeah. Who the fuck would cheat on Emma Thompson? Um, yeah, that, that makes no sense to me. comes personally. worming back, and I can't believe she takes him back. Well, it's just for the sake of it being a nice ending, because it wouldn't happen because Jeff's a douchebag in this. Yeah. yeah. Despite all of this, I kind of had a good time with it. There were, mm. there were moments of really good stuff, and the rest of it just sort of passed me by, so I feel like I had an okay... Yeah, it was... I, 
I struggled to feel much towards this film because it mm. was just a bit of like nothing where it's a story that you could tell in 15 minutes and it wouldn't feel like it was lacking, but they've somehow stretched it out over an hour and 40, you know? Yeah. It didn't particularly tap into any emotional kind of, uh, like any emotions, which is unusual to the nature of the fact that it is a, supposed a rom-com. to be a rom-com. <laughs> and so is there any like to feel arc? something. And they're like... Uh, not... Mm, well, like Emma Thompson doesn't really have an arc because they kind of set her out to be this like very strong and awesome woman. But then, even though she gets she does the right thing as soon as she finds out he's had an affair, she's like, "Cool, so I'm going, and I'm never going to come back." And it's just like as someone should react to that sort of thing. But then it just goes back against everything they've set up about her character at the yeah. end. Yeah, the first yeah the frustrating part for, about like structurally about this film is. The fact that she, we, we, we meet her in the context of her workplace. They set her up as this person, this individual who has her her own life. Like yeah. the, the the in the first part of the film, we're in the hospital quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and then we get taken out of that environment as soon as she becomes important enough to uh, the story, but in the context of her being the love interest. And yeah. then suddenly, that whole side of her life is taken away. We don't really go back to the hospital until the end. Um, and so we're kind of. Uh, it, it's negated from her character in a sense because she's just then an enabler for his story, and then we go. Obviously, we go. We delve deeper into his side of the story, and it's all about his um, relationship with yeah. his craft or whatever. But then she starts just being that classic like uh, woman role in mm. in a lot of uh, rom coms where she's asking him questions about his job and and kind of pushing the narrative forward for him. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just by asking questions, mm. and I'm like, well, no. That's not really how we were introduced to her. Yeah. It's kind of a shame. It could have been she to me was just as interesting, if not more interesting, than Jeff's character. And I could 100%. have equally yeah. could have equally been a, a 50-50 split between him and her. I think uh, the only reason we get so much of her at the beginning really is because we're we're seeing it through his like uh like yeah. his mm. fantasies of her, you know. Like we're only seeing yeah, exactly. that much She's... because he's like essentially stalking her and like trying to find yeah. out as much as he can about her. And she's portrayed as a strong, like, career-driven woman yeah. because that's what he is looking up to. And then as soon as he's got her, we, we kind of let that go because yeah, until it's there's no need for us to see her like that anymore. Yeah, that's and, actually And there's also a glaring pothole that you just reminded me of uh, about him going back to the hospital at the end, which is he, he leaves the production of Elephant Man because he is the said Elephant Man. Um, and he leaves the production still with all of his makeup and stuff on. Um gets in a car and is driving to the hospital and is speeding. He sees the cops. They tell him to pull over and he intentionally just tries to get into a fucking like car chase and drives off. They then cut in front of him and try and say like, do you know how fast you were going? And he's just like shouts, I need to get to the hospital. And they obviously see his prosthetics and be like, oh fuck, yeah. okay, we'll help you. Thinking that he's all grotesque and fucked. And they give him like a massive police escort to yeah. the hospital, like three bikes, two cars. Then he gets out of the car, rips all the prosthetics off, and they all just are cool with that and let him go. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the name of love. <laughs> like, no one in this film love is a real person. Love triumphs all. Love yeah, triumphs Liam. Have you learned cops, nothing? Liam. <laughs> have, you, have you learned nothing in the last year, Liam? <laughs> I uh, will say the best part of this movie for me is like the, when they play through the really bad play. 
um, mm. when Emma Thompson goes to see it for the first time and there's like tap dancing elephants in, in grey suits doing the can-can and <laughs> all the songs are just like the epitome of amateur dramatics and it's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I just love um, awful musicals. Uh, something I do want to bring up in relation to the dancing elephants mm. is that this is one of the only things I've seen in the rest of the world that acknowledges the existence of Babar the Elephant, um, which is a, a strong part of my childhood. And the last time I thought about it, Liam, was when we synced it up to Arcane Roots. Oh, yeah, and, we did like, do that. That was incredible. Some other terrible... Yeah, that was a weird day. <laughs> but I've never seen it referenced in popular media before. No, there's only one um, song called Babar the Elephant that I know, but... Um... Yeah, what was, is that, like was... a child's, a children's book? It was children's a book cartoon. and cartoon series oh. um, about an elephant who's a wealthy prince. It's good. It's good. Sure. It's good. That one. I only have one last quote from this movie, and it's what Jeff calls uh, Rowan Atkinson right at the end, which is a toting, sniveling suck butt. <laughs> that is pretty good. She's never heard That's someone be called one. a suck butt before, and I think it's suck quite. Butt. Yeah, it's really something. Mm. Uh, just a fun, fun bit of trivia. Uh, that blue car is actually Rowan Atkinson's. Oh, really? I, yeah. I have absolutely no idea what car you, you mean. The nice blue car that was outside of the theatre in all of the shots of the outside of the theatre that Jeff also steals to drive. Oh, that's the car he steals, sure. Yeah. It's actually Rowan Atkinson's car, just in case you wanted to know. The Wild. only time he has any, like, chutzpah in this film is when he's chasing after Emma Thompson. Yeah. That's the only time mm. he does anything proactive. The rest of the time he's just, like, a bit of a limp, Biscuit. Wait, Limp Biscuit. <laughs> yeah, that a band. Yeah, yeah, Limp Biscuit is a band. Ninety. It's like a noughties new metal band, mate. You must know Limp Biscuit. Oh God, I did know that. There's something going on in my brain today, and it's like I'm firing shots, and they're just going completely in the wrong direction. True Bloom. What have we gone for? Uh, Interesting. I five. 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 I also put five because. Yeah, it was gonna be the road. I was gonna do four, but he's there's one moment where he specifically says holy cats, and that is something that I've heard Jeff say multiple times in real life. Mm, so okay. I wonder whether well, that's like been a hanging out bit with of improv him. or um Seb, don't patronize me like that. I do research for this show, <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> um Yes, yeah, so whether that's like a little improv thing that he was kind of just bringing in at the time, or he's taken that from the script into his like vernacular, but uh, in a bunch of interviews and on his show and stuff, I've seen him reference holy cats. Yeah, okay. Really? Yeah, he Fair. does. He's like, oh, holy cats. He also actually says gadzoots, which means he is, which I think only adds to the yeah the uh, interdimensional being that lives outside of time that's trying to pretend mm. he's a human by just watching like 40s cop shows and being like, holy <laughs> cats, gadzoots. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see Jeff in like a noir is what I'd like oh, to see. Oh, that would be so good. Yeah, I feel Isn't like that you the do first it well. film we watched was a noir. Yeah, but yeah, he, but was, just a, I, I he want, was just I a miscellaneous like, rapist in that, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Oh, of course he was. Yeah. I want I want him as like a like a hard done by PI. The trilby wearing black and white in the rain, dude. You know. Yeah. You know he's 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 smoking a cigarette. He's trying to anyway, but the rain keeps putting it out, and he just tosses it on the ground. And then as he tosses <laughs> it on the ground, a beautiful like gloved hand like moves into frame and offers him a lit one, mm. and then it's like. <laughs> That's the that's the introduction to the the person who's going to give the case, and then what actually happens is the person who gives the case is the the criminal, 
I love a noir. Yeah. They all are the, they, they're all the same thing, but he they're takes really the case. good. He takes the case, doesn't care about her, carries on nonchalantly walking through the streets. Crime happens around him. He doesn't care. He's beaten down by the city he lives in. That literally sounds like my sixth form film submission. We had to make a film there. It's on YouTube somewhere. And genuinely, you just described like the opening scene. It's every, like, yeah. every single noir, man. <laughs> That's why I fucking love them. But yeah, Jeff, if you ever do listen, which I'm definitely sure you won't, um, make a noir. If not, come to us and we'll make you a noir. I'm sure he'll pass that on to his agent. Yeah, I'll find it. I'll find just a that sound, but Just that sound bite of you saying, make a noir. <laughs> okay, it's the time to download this episode. Cut out the fucking like, three seconds of that and just whack it, it to his agent. Premiere. Cut it. Cut it down to just that that segment. Yeah, he will do it. We haven't asked him to come on the show for a little while. Have we given up right. on that? No, I'll go. We'll ask him again this time. Are we going to ask him this time? I, yeah, we can ask him this time. I, I was I was thinking about like asking him more and more elaborate ways, but I feel like. Doing that too early on, I probably would have blown my goose too early, you know, so... Yeah. Um, I have plans to try and contact his agent and anyone else I can in his circle. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to end up on some kind of, like... List. Stalker's list. I might just tweet at him. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Just from, my, just from my personal account, you know? I know that... From an interview, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, he does say that he does every now and then go through the hashtag Jeff Goldblum on Instagram. So if we just fucking blast that shit yeah. as a campaign, maybe we can do it. Mm. Maybe but on uh, our like maybe on our like fiftieth episode or something. A special. Yeah. The old Hefe. We'll just special. do like twenty four hour tagging sesh or something. Oh, I thought you were about to say a twenty four hour podcast, mate, and my heart fucking skipped. <laughs> oh my god, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, anyway, uh, craft. Uh, yeah. I gave it three out of ten, man. I thought it was a pretty poorly made movie. I matched that. I just think some of the editing was just unforgivable. The I also was bad. Wanted to Which make was- a point that a lot of the music in this movie. Sounds like it's from like Wii Sports Resort, but um, not in a good way. Uh, there was one part <laughs> particularly that did, but the rest didn't. And I will okay. put a clip of that into the podcast now. Nice, but oh yeah, that's good. That's mm, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really. Such a niche reference for our American audience. <laughs> Wii what do you mean for our Resort? American audience? Well, our audience is basically American, aren't they? Wait, we, is Wii Sports a British thing? I feel like it's a British thing. No, it's it? Nintendo, it mate. That's yeah, oh. Wii Sports is a global phenomenon, Beth. Yeah. Oh, I think it's because it was the only game I was allowed to have and my parents were like really anti-American sh- stuff. Like we weren't allowed to watch Nickelodeon or anything. It was like, no, you do watch you, Blackadder on VHS. Do, do, do your parents <laughs> know that Nintendo are Japanese? Oh, Beth, what you've just learned is that your childhood was robbed of joy. Your childhood (laughs) was robbed of the joy of a red plumber who's our friend. Why did I think it was American? I'm so warped. I think everything's American. (laughs) What'd you give it for craft sip? So, can I just say, depending on what we put for enjoyability, we've all made the exact same judgments this time around. (laughs) I feel like the enjoyability is where we might where we might waver a bit. I think Sips will be higher than mine. Yeah, but you know, I was I was also five and three for the last two, so it's quite weird. 
Cool. So enjoyability, I put three out of ten. It just okay. Sort of, it just kind of passed over me, man. There was a couple of bits that I could look back on, but nah, not really. I put a five just because I, I just had a nice time. I knew you were going to put a high one on this. But five's not very high. It's, it's, just... <laughs> it's higher. <laughs> high enough. Um, I had a fine time. It's not art, you know. It's not like you know. <laughs> there is a point in Stimpy. One of the uh, shower scenes later on in the movie. I think it's when Jeff's talking about how mild his shampoo is because you can put it as much as you want on. Your hair is still dirty. Uh, the the shot goes so high you can just see him wearing shorts. <laughs> I, did, I didn't notice that. That's good. But then we can see his naked ass in the sex scene. Why did they bother? That's true. Um, maybe it was cold water and he didn't want his shriveled little peepee to be out in front of everyone. <laughs> that just like got it went so echoey in my ears when you said that. Somebody. <laughs> oh, um, I gave it a four. Okay, for enjoyability, but I think that's pretty high, isn't it? Maybe so I should this... reduce reduce well, reuse recycle to a three. Whatever did you, you want, man. Did you did you enjoy this or Earth Girls more? Is the question. This or what? Earth Girls are Earth easy. Girls. I preferred Earth Girls. Okay, okay, that lines up then. What did I give Earth Girls a five? No, uh, you did, you did. Okay, I'll stick with a four. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't as bad as some other shite we've been subjected to viewing. That's this true. It's current, so it's currently twelfth in our leaderboard at thirty-six points. That's fine. So yeah. it's pretty. It's pretty much the midway point. Yeah, it, it, I mean that's exactly what this is. It's like middle of the road, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, okay. Well, so unfortunately, there is no tagline thing this time because there is no official tagline for this movie. Well, that's so rude. Instead, I'm going to ask you to to give a two word review for this movie. I thought you were going to ask us for taglines, and I was going to hang up the call. <laughs> no, that's my job. It's my one thing. Um, a two word, two words. Two that's words. impossible. It's not. Or is that your review? That's impossible. <laughs> Well, that's three words. No. Oh, wait, no. Oh, no, it's two words. <laughs> Do you see what I mean about the brain yeah, thing? Yeah, it's, it's that's it's Im really and possible. Impossible. Um, that's Kim Possible. Um, Kim Possible was a cool cartoon and I will hear no critiques like Kim Possible was fucking sick. Beep, boop, yeah. beep, boop, beep. <laughs> um, Go on, uh, Two words. Elephant sneeze. <laughs> Good, yeah. <laughs> Blind screaming. Nice. Uh, because the thing that the thing that is sat most in my head is that old man screaming as he sneezes. Um, mine would be mildly forgettable. Oh yeah, okay. Oh uh, yeah. I see what you've done there with the 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 adjective and the yeah. That makes more sense. Like, uh, what, what, if you if you'd rather if you'd rather a review like that, um, Rowan Atkinson. What about? <laughs> <laughs> what about hang on give me a minute levitating head but not in the way that you think because Emma Thompson levitates when she gets head by Jeff Goldblum she slides up a wall <laughs> now as my, he's now going my, down on her now my he assumption goes down was on was her lifting. and she moves upwards she defies gravity <laughs> she's propelled <laughs> and I wish I wish everyone could know and see what I, I had to see but she does like slide to up understand a wall that. as she's getting filleted filleted does he like does so he gives is it fellatio if it's on a woman 
It's fellatio both ways, I think. Okay, so the the gravity-defying fellatio executed by Jeff Goldblum on <laughs> Emma Thompson. More proof that literally, he's an alien. Yeah, so she literally... He uses the power the of air. his his tongue and, and lips to lift up her entire body. No one's ever done that to me. Little did you know that he also had his hands tied behind his back, so that's just pure <laughs> lip strength, mate. Lip on Does lip. he? Oh my you know, god, you know, they're into some kinky shit. He's got a crocodile you know, clip well, for a mouth. Not you know kinky. those people that um like can pull trucks with their like things strapped to their lips. <laughs> oh fuck, what a horrible image. I, I think the sex scene was my favourite bit of the whole film. I think it was the best bit of the film, yeah. Jesus. It was really Settle good. Down. It was a really good sex scene. So, both of you, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I had a wank to it, but I feel like no, it's I'm not I'm not saying I had a wank to it. I'm not saying that. <laughs> What was your golden bloom? Oh yeah. Oh my god, well, I completely I think... forgot about this whole bit. Yeah, me too. Well, I think we, I think, well, I think we just answered that, didn't we? No. Oh. Levitating fellatio. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Band name. Um, <laughs> no, there has to be another. There has to be another. Because that was more Emma Thompson than him, anyway. Well, yeah. So to to be fair, my my other bit was the either the screaming old man when he sneezes. Um, but that wasn't that made Jeff. Me, that, you're right. You're right. Actually. <laughs> uh, I quite liked his delivery of one particular line. Um, the his 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 co his co-host that he he cheats on Emma Thompson with. Mm. Um, she says, "You know, I'm falling in love with you, Mister Dexter King," and he just looks at her and says, "That's probably not a good idea." <laughs> and I did like that. Actually. But he doesn't care. He still goes and does You're the right. dirty anyway. You're right. Well, Liam, we all we all act on bad ideas every day. I feel like this film maybe had the most, um, like, in terms of, I, I was watching it, as I was watching it, I was thinking it'd be quite good to take, like, I don't know, to take some stills from it. Um, and I, I just assume most people would not have ever watched this film. There's no real reason why mm, you would watch this, this film. This was it's an absolute good. Not particularly groundbreaking. I'm sure it was a massive flop. But I feel like of all the films we've watched, this would perhaps be the most kind of out of context film. Like if you were to take frames from it because of all the dressing up. Yeah. And like yeah. just all of the weird shots and like... And you know uh, when you just, see just screenshots with like subtitles on as well, I feel like if you were to get like out of context dialogue would also make no fucking sense mm. like there's that one line that, De that Dexter has Jeff has where he says God take my testicles and fry them up with bacon <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good point <laughs> yeah the script the script is funny isn't it there's a lot of um, really the random like the shampoo thing really stuck out to me as well yeah, like, yeah. Why is that in there what there does that contribute there is some like really dry witty humour in it but then so much of it does just fucking fall so flat on its face mm. um, yeah. although the, and probably the joke that sorry. did kind of catch me off guard because I just really like kind of dry humour and it's that's kind of why I think Emma Thompson was so good because she's very good at like that quick witty delivery back and forward you know she doesn't even give you time to go oh that's funny or that's not funny she's yeah. just so just snappy like and with it, it. Yeah, and that's what the I first mean time, about like Jeff goes over to her flat. Um, yeah. she says like she's like great, two people on their own in the middle of nowhere, not tired, and, he, and then Jeff just deadpan as fuck goes, "Well, it's the ideal circumstances for Scrabble," and I just thought that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my golden bloom. I like that they both clarified that they weren't tired. Well, yeah, because both of them. Well, that was the whole thing the night before, wasn't it? It was like I'm not tired. I am too tired to fuck. 
Uh, you need to give us some some Bloomiverse, my dude. I I've tried three times, and we end up talking about something else each time. So here we go. <laughs> it's a very easy one this time, isn't it? Really, if you think about it. You've been saying that the last like four. Yeah, five you need to stop times. shifting the the onus onto the listener, mate, or us. No, no, th- this one is easy. So we've <laughs> seen him as an actor before in um, Next Stop Greenwich Village as Clyde Baxter. Yes. Um, and Clyde Baxter did not get any success in the US, it seems, because um, I've forgotten the name of the lead, Lenny, Lenny in Next Stop Greenwich Village. Mm, good point. And um, he got that role instead. So my belief is that Clyde Baxter or Jeff as Clyde. Uh, emigrated to the UK um, and has continued to pursue an acting career there. That's my belief. That's the connection here. Um, maybe it's his only ever trip to the United Kingdom. Maybe yeah. it's his own his only ever trip to our good... I was going to start to do a Cockney accent and I won't. Good. Yeah, good. smart choice. Um, I yeah, good choice. Also, can't think at all of any other thing... Of Jeff having a mustache. I, uh, I I'm starting to feel like he can just grow hair at rapid speed and then suck it back in again whenever he wants. Yeah, push it out like it's one of those Play-Doh strainers, you know. Yeah. I don't yeah. like that. I do. Like a pasta cutter. <laughs> He's like a living, breathing pasta machine that can just regenerate cells. The human hair into hair. Yeah. Mm. Into uh, that. It, 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 I've just I've just done a Google search of Jeff Goldblum moustache, um, and there's pictures of him not in films. He seems to sometimes grow on in his personal life, but not so much for cinema. Interesting. I mean, there's it's one, not great. It's not a great look, really, is it? I there's one. There's the one that's really bad. Moustache isn't too bad, but it's it's the moustache with with the goat chin that's so bad. I've never enjoyed that. There's a really bad image here of a Jeff Goldblum doppelganger. Mate, who, so who, who does not look like Jeff Goldblum, but is listed as a Jeff Goldblum doppelganger? I am in a few different Jeff Goldblum Facebook pages, so I could blast this podcast around when it first <laughs> okay. started. Um, and there is a guy whose name on Facebook is like his middle name on Facebook is Brazilian Ma- Ian Malcolm, and he just posts photos of himself because he looks like a Brazilian Ian Malcolm, and he's just like photoshopped <laughs> himself into. <laughs> A bunch of different photos with Jeff or in Jeff's movies or and it's like at least two to three times a week he will post a new photo of himself just on a Jeff Goldblum page just with the thing Brazilian Ian Malcolm and it's really fucking wholesome. I really like that actually. It makes me really happy. Uh so next film, if we are all Uh hold on. Sorry. Forty eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly forty-eight out of one hundred like thirty-nine, I think. Yeah, he but and he and the the he's in it for almost the f- whole first twenty, with barely leaving the screen. Interesting. Um, and then he gets more sporadic as the film goes on. So, what is the next film? It is called The Mad Monkey. Nineteen eighty-nine. Cool. It... Oh my god, we're so close, guys. We are so, so close. I was, I was really hoping that this would be our last eighties film today, but. <laughs> American writer in Paris is hired to do a script for an edgy young director he can't stand. When he falls in love with the director's cold and manipulative pretty sister, his life starts to unravel and he realises that he's been used. Drama, mystery, romance. And it's an 18. Oh, gonna get raunchy. Wow. 
Um, I'm kind of into the sound of that. I'm yeah. I'm going to go in expecting... To, I'm not going to hope for much. Yeah, it's set in Paris as well, I think. Oh, the city of love. <laughs> <laughs> that what? Why are you laughing at me saying that? That's the truth. No, you're just quite difficult sometimes, <laughs> mate. Just full of, I'm just full of fun trivia you're for a, you. You're a problem child, Seb. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I want to get out of the 80s. Yeah, man. It feels like it's been the longest <laughs> decade of all, isn't it? It was the worst time. What the hell? How did we allow the 80s to happen? We need to learn from the 80s and allow it never to happen ever again. It was awful. It was so, so bad. M- so many people want <laughs> to go back to it as well. This God will be the last film of the, ni- of the 1980s. Oh, God. Thank God. Thank the Lord. You don't know what this means to me. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, the last decade has been such a struggle for me. I've really, really found it so hard. I've just been catching myself in the middle of watching this, like, an 80s, a bad 80s film. And I've just been just so annoyed that I can't be watching a good film. So (laughs) I'm glad that we're coming out of it now. Yeah, we are. We are. But... There was also a lot of garbage in the 90s, so we'll see what happens. You're not wrong. Best best decade, best decade. Especially as there's quite a lot of films in the 90s, but we also have three Jurassic Parks and an Independence Day to look forward to in the 90s. Yeah. And those will just be like a fun time for us. We'll barely have to think about saying fun things. We'll have to do do something special for Jurassic Park. Yeah, for sure. Do a three-part Jurassic Park one all at once. (laughs) No. no, maybe that not, could be not, the episode the time when we do a twenty-four hour episode. I, I, I hate that that's now out in the world. We could raise <laughs> money for uh, kids who love Jurassic Park and our inevitable hospital bills when we're sectioned after <laughs> doing a podcast <laughs> for twenty-four hours. Yeah, I don't know that it's. We got could health we could make. Oh my god, I was gonna say something, but cut it out. I was gonna say we could do like a make a wish thing. <laughs> we could like. Cut this out, Liam. But you know, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like, like where people do shit and they raise money, and then like we could like raise enough money for one cinema ticket for a kid to go watch a rerun of Jurassic Park. But they're like ill. It's also no, like that's not even funny. nine not quid. Even funny. Would we need to raise that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, back to the podcast. Uh, well, um, unless either of you have any more thoughts on. Uh, the tall guy. I do not. They do, it doesn't that matter it. that he's tall. The large gentleman. Um, I believe it's it's the show. It's the show. It's the tall guy. It was called Elephant. No, the comedy duo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, we are at Forever in Bloom on Instagram or Forever in Bloom at gmail.com. Um, if you could share the show around, leave any reviews or ratings, that would be a huge help. Um as that really helps us grow the show and all of those things and keep doing it and help us keep doing it if you actually enjoy this garbage. But other than that, goodbye. Goodbye.